Father, we thank you that we can worship you as the cornerstone, as our rock, as our foundation. And Father, this morning we choose just to set our eyes on you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we pray this morning, God, that as we hear your word, God, that you'd speak to our hearts. God, that you would move in us and just change what you need to do in us. Let us be open just to have you move and do what you need to do, Lord. We pray that you speak to us through your word, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. That's pretty good. A little awkward conversation, not for me, but probably for you today. Um, you know, uh, it's kind of tradition. I don't know where it came from, where it started. But I'm going to help you out, and I'm going to save you an awkward conversation with me, okay? So you heard today that my wife is going to be gone. And so, oh gosh, the preacher is going to be at home all by himself. He is okay with that. <laughs> now, if, if it is part of your tradition, part of your culture, your mama taught you that if the preacher's wife ever goes out of town, you have him over to eat, you do not need to do that. You shouldn't do that. That's, I'll tell you no. But I'm going to tell you why in a minute. Now, if you've ever had a cat, if a cat has ever been in your house, if a cat lives outside, if the previous owners had a cat, if your carpet has not been changed in two years, and two years before that there was a cat in your house, I will be in the hospital if I come to your house to eat. It will cost me two or three doctor's visits. Copay for me is not fun. The antibiotics to get the junk out of my lungs is not fun. So, if you love cats, I'm happy for you. I hate cats. <laughs> cats make me sick. I heard the other day about a poor child that, that he can't be around a peanut. And I, you, know, you hear people all the time now going, how can that be? When we were kids, there was nothing like that. There is for me. I mean, I didn't know it then, but if I was around a cat, I was sick. Asthma, bronchitis. I get pneumonia if I'm around a cat too long. One of my greatest fears is, is you get on a long-haul airplane and, and somebody's got their little cat in a bag and it's sitting right next to me. It's, it, I'm not going. Either, either they're going or I'm not going. And most likely, I won't go on that plane because that cat's been in that plane. I, I can't be around cats. If there are cats in your neighborhood that you want taken care of, give me about 30 minutes and I'll get them gone. <laughs> It'll be at nighttime, nobody will know about it. You will never know I were there. The stories you have heard about that are not true. It was Tyson. <laughs> All right. So just relieve the awkward guilt. He's okay. He does not need food. And you can show me love by meeting me somewhere for coffee. I love that. 
If there's cats there, we'll sit outside. If they've been outside, we'll go, we'll go find somewhere where a cat hadn't been. Okay? When we go to a zoo, if they go see the lions, I don't go in. I don't know what's going to happen to me in there. All right. See, now I'm in trouble with her when I get home. A sandwich story. Today we're talking about Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth. Do you know that sometimes I don't want to go to church? Did you know that? Did you know that sometimes I don't want to read the Bible? Did you know that sometimes I don't want to go to a Bible study? Do you know that sometimes I don't want to do this religion thing? I'll tell you the truth, I hate religion. I can't stand religion. Sometimes church absolutely makes me sick. It really does. I, I, sometimes I leave church and I go, Lord, what in the world is wrong with us? Well, Mephibosheth, I think, answers a little bit of that. Sandwich story. David enters Jerusalem, and when he comes into Jerusalem, he says, Is there anybody left from Saul's family that I can be kind to? And word got around that Mephibosheth was left. Who, where is this Mephibosheth? And, and, and so they go find Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth is Saul's grandson who happens to be crippled. And so here's what King David does. David says, let's take care of Mephibosheth. He's going to get Saul's land. Ziba is going to take care of him. We're going to get men to care for his crops. We're going to take care of him. He is going to be every need he has. Yes. He is not going to want, as long as I'm the king and, and David was a king, Mephibosheth and his people are going to be okay. I know that you might hesitate to be kind and gracious to other people today because you have been burned by the spirit of Mephibosheth. Second of the Mount of Olives. You remember, he's being forced out by his son, beautiful Absalom. Ziba, the servant of Mephibosheth. Ziba, the servant of Mephibosheth, was waiting there for him. He had two donkeys loaded with 200 loaves of bread, 100 clusters of raisins, 100 bunches of summer fruit, and a wine skin full of wine. He was waiting for David at the top of the summit. Ziva was. There he was. He's got donkey. He's got food. He's got bread. He's got raisins. He's got this fruit. He's got wine. What are these for? The king asked Ziba. Ziba replied, The donkeys are for the king's people to ride on. 
and the bread and summer fruit are for the young men to eat. The wine is for those who become exhausted in the wilderness. I can just see people going, man, I'm tired. <laughs> Give me some of that wine. And look at King David's question here. Where is Mephibosheth? Where is Mephibosheth? Where is he? He stayed in Jerusalem. Ziba replied, he said, today I will get back the kingdom of my grandfather Saul. In that case, the king told Ziba, I give you everything Mephibosheth owns. I bow before you, Ziba replied. May I always be pleasing to you, my lord the king. Where is Mephibosheth. I wonder what more, what, what possibly, what more could Mephibosheth want out of life? You ever wondered that from people? What more could they possibly want? You've got to be kidding me. I mean, think about Mephibosheth's life. He was helped. He was shown love. He was accepted. He was trusted. You see, he had a seat at the king's table. David promised him that. You can sit and eat at my table, which must have been a big deal, every single day. But that wasn't enough for Mephibosheth. People spent time with him. He was seen as in the in crowd, in the in group. That's Mephibosheth walking over there. You know, that's Saul's grandson. David has been showing kindness to him ever since David came to Jerusalem. People didn't allow that his relationship with Saul's grandson or being a cripple get in the way. Now, we don't know what kind of cripple he is, but we know that he couldn't walk up Mount of Olives. I think that's what the donkeys were for. Help him on up the hill. He was given land, money, people to work for him. He was taken care of. And he burns David. I know you don't want to help people. I know there are times that you don't want to be gracious to anyone. I know that you don't want to go beyond, uh, uh, go the extra mile. You don't want to help anymore because you have been burned time and time and time and time again. Because all around us, and there will always be around us in this world, Mephibosheths. They will always be there. Mephibosheth. Where is he? Where in the world is Mephibosheth? 
I, I, I just, I can just see David. You've got to be kidding me. All we've done for them, all I've done for his family, all the money that I've given him, all the opportunity that I've given him, I have housed him. I have cared for him. I went out of my way to find him. I just wanted to be kind to Saul's offspring. I didn't, I didn't expect anything in return. Where is Mephibosheth? And when David needed him the most, he wasn't there for selfish reasons. For selfish reasons. Mephibosheth, they're all around us. Something else to consider here that I think applies to this story. I am sure that many of you are reluctant to get involved in ministry here or somewhere else, but we'll just talk about here because we're here. I'm sure that many of you are reluctant to get involved in ministry because you have encountered the spirit of Mephibosheth at other churches. You have cared for them. You have been kind to them. You were gracious. You gave your time. You gave your money. You gave your energy. You gave all that you had. And they turned on you. They turned on you. When you needed them the most, they turned on you. Now, my hypocrisy can only go so far, so let me tell you the truth. There are people not in church today that were here, but they believe with all their heart I turned on them. I said the wrong thing. I did the wrong thing. I, 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 I made a mistake. They were in the hospital and I didn't know it. Or they were in the hospital and something happened, I didn't go. I was at lunch one day and I got a phone call and, and a guy was really in need of me. And, and I said, dude, I'm having lunch. And as soon as I get through, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm paying out right now. I, I'm going to come and I, I'm going to help you through this. I can't tell you what happened. I don't know why it happened, but I forgot. And it was more than he could bear. And I don't blame him one bit. He has reason. He said, do you remember the day that I called you and I told you I was in such need? Yeah, I remember. Why didn't you come? Man, I forgot. How could you have forgotten? I don't know. Well, don't you write things down? Yeah, I do write things down so I don't forget. Did you write that down? I don't remember. I, I probably did write it down. Then why did you come? I messed up, man. I messed up. I messed up. If, if you're considering this church 
because someone told you the pastor here don't mess up this ain't it this 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 ain't it for you because he will mess up if you're looking for a church because your pastor wherever you're at made you mad I'll give you two Sundays here I mean, and it won't be on purpose. It, it won't be on purpose. I'm serious. I'll make you mad quickly. I'll make you mad without intended to. It, it, it's just the truth. There's no perfect leaders. There's no perfect churches. There's no perfect Christians. Our church is full of Mephibosheths. It's full of them. There are many Mephibosheths here. There's not as many Zebas here. There's just not. We're, per we're imperfect people. We make mistakes. We don't have it all together. I left here last week, and when I was driving home, I thought about the sermon. I thought about how long it was. I thought about what I said, what I didn't say. And I'm here to tell you, I went, I wouldn't go hear me preach for nothing. And then I thought, many of you come and hear me preach for nothing. So maybe, the, ooh, that was pretty good there, wasn't it? Yeah, see, that done made you mad. But maybe you have encountered the worst in us Christians. Christians often shoot their wounded when they don't have all the information. And this church is guilty of that. We Mephibosheths, and I agree that I am a Mephibosheth. There are times that I fail. There are times that you can't find me. There are times that you can say to me, when I needed you, where were you? Well, I, I was thinking I might be king for a while. I was thinking a better deal might come along for me. I was waiting for a better deal. I was having fun. I was in bed asleep. I was watching my favorite TV program. The Longhorns were playing for God's sakes. Don't call me when the Longhorns are playing. I want to watch it. I'm Mephibosheth. That's why I didn't respond. That's why I wasn't there. I have a, I have a good friend, and he's a dear friend of mine, and, and his wife is one of the finest people. And, and they don't attend church now. They don't attend church anywhere now. And man, they should. They're both believers. They both, they're, they're, they're both people of God's Word. They are faithful. They, they have a good heart. They, they, they care. They're, they're just great people. You know why they don't go to church? They don't, they don't go to church because they bought a car from a pastor. From their pastor, they bought a car. And it went sour in two months, and it, became, it was a mechanical disaster. And they believe 
you know, I don't know right or wrong, but they believe that the pastor knew that the car wasn't in good shape. He asked me what I would do. And I said, I just glad it wasn't my car. You see, today, many of y'all have asked why I'm selling my bike. I mean, I, I pulled it up here today because I'm selling a bike for the traffic, for all the bikers going through. It's time. Why am I selling my bike? Our, our kids moved to Hawaii. That's it, simple. I was on a trip just a week or two ago, and, and man, I was going, Lord, I'm, I'm upset with you. I'm upset with you. I see, I see other grandpas getting to go to their kids' soccer games and ball games and this and that and the other. They get to go and see them all the time. They get to go swimming. And, and God, you have taken, you have taken my grandkids not, did not move closer to me. They moved further away. And, and, and the Marine Corps has been no help to me. And I was mad. I was on my bike and I was mad at the Lord about it. And I said, Lord, there's going to be three years of their life that I'm going to miss because it costs two grand to go out there. And it's just not right. And he said, you can sell your bike. I said, Lord, <laughs> they're in Hawaii for God's sakes. They could be in, in you know, what about Millsap? <laughs> Wouldn't that be a great place for my grandkids? Wall, Menard, Mason, Calf Creek. But no, Hawaii. You can't drive there. To get there, you've got to have a Jerry Jones boat. Your only option is to fly. I'm going, Lord, I, I, I only get to see them every great once in a while now, and now that they're even further away. He said, so you mean to tell me that because you love that bike, that you are going to be willing to miss three years of your grandkids' lives so you can drive that bike around. Man. Okay. That doesn't make sense, does it, Lord? It doesn't make sense, Lee. They're going to be there three years. Lexi's going to be 13 years old when they leave there. You're going to miss her 10 to 13 years? You're going to miss Mila? You're going to, you're going to miss all of little Priya's early elementary years? You're going to miss all that so you can ride a bike around? Now, I'm very much aware of that because my friends bought a preacher's car and it broke. And, and I don't want any of y'all buying my bike. <laughs> Now, as far as I know, there's nothing wrong with it, and it's good working shape, but you never know. It's a Harley, and it costs a lot of money to get it fixed. It's got good tires, good battery, brand-new battery. I've maintained it very well, by the way, but 
somebody's going to drive by and see it, hopefully, and they just can't live without it. You see, I, I, I would hate, and, and part of it's my nature, part of it's my Enneagram thing, but I would hate to be seen as the kind of pastor that values money over relationships with people. I can't stand it. I just can't stand it. It's not me. And so no manipulation. Now, something else about Mephibosheth that I think is important in the story. Where is he? I am convinced that Mephibosheth did not see the flaw in his character. And I think that the disloyal people in your life, I think the Mephibosheths in your life, they are not self-aware of that flaw in their life. Now, they may become aware, and they may wake up one day and go, my goodness, I'm a Mephibosheth. But it... it, it it, they, they, they're going through life and they're not aware. They won't see this disloyalty until they have an opportunity for something better to come along that they crave. Then you'll see it. Then you'll see the disloyalty. I, I've laughed in Alito for years. You have a party here and people tell you they can't come. You know what they're doing? hate to tell you, but they're looking for a better deal. You don't, don't call about your party too early. Because if, if you're not one of the in people, they're waiting for one of the in people to call them. You kids hear me? If you don't get invited to that birthday party, you shout hallelujah. I hope you don't get invited. I'm serious as a heart attack. You see that Mephibosheth will eventually show up because they will lie to get what they want. It will eventually show up that they are disloyal, that they are Mephibosheths because they are takers and they're not givers. And many times it takes a long time to discover whether or not an individual is a taker or a giver. You just won't know. You've got to have experiences with them, and you've got to have enough experiences, and you've got to put them all together to discover whether or not they are a taker from you or a giver. And so if there's someone in your life and it appears all they do is take from me and, and when they have an opportunity to give back, they don't. Mephibosheth, there you go. Next time they pick up the phone and call you, Mephibosheth, where you been? That'll get a stirring going. You see, their true nature isn't usually revealed until you have trouble. They are more for not showing up for you when you're in need. 
They can easily, and they normally appear to be very thankful for what you had done for them. I believe that Mephibosheth was very, very thankful to David. Probably every time supper was over, David, I just can't thank you enough. Where are you, Mephibosheth, when I need you? They are incapable of caring more for others than they do for themselves. They will stab you in the back. Mephibosheth will stab you in the back without any, without any hesitation. And they see none of this in their own lives. They don't see it. They are self-unaware of who they are. They don't know who they are. There are Mephibosheths around us. There's, you, you, you are a Mephibosheth, and, and you're listening to this message, and you're thinking, not me. Yeah, you. Yeah, me. I've got some of that in me. I fight it. When I see it in Scripture, when I read these Scriptures and lay it over my life, I, I, I see it. I'm sometimes selfish. I'm sometimes uncaring. I'm sometimes just a rationalizer. I'm sometimes a hypocrite. I'll admit it. I don't care who knows it. You know it. If, you, if you're around me for a couple hours, you know that I'm imperfect. But by George, I can tell you this with all my heart, I don't want to be Mephibosheth. I don't want anything to do with it. I want to be counted on. I want to be there. When my friend David is in a mess, I want to meet him on the top of the Mount of Olives and say, David, no matter what, I'm here for you. I'm not going to hang down in Jerusalem for a better deal. For a better deal. Now the crazy thing is this. The sandwich story. Little ahead, David, David whips Absalom. He comes on back in. I'll tell you the story, we'll do it later, but I've been laughing about Absalom's hair because I tell you how much I want it. Did you know that his hair got him stuck in a tree? And that's what he died from. They, ki they, they killed him. That's how they killed him. His hair got stuck in a tree. That'll never happen to me. <laughs> My hair was in the, my, I, I could ride a donkey and my hair won't get stuck in a tree. I ain't going to die like that. That's how he dies. And, and when, when David returns to Jerusalem, Mephibosheth hadn't taken care of himself. He looks horrible. He hadn't had a bath in days. His hair's all messed up. He's nasty. And he is in just total, complete. Now, you remember when, when, when David found out that Mephibosheth wasn't on top of that hill and, and he gave all his land to Ziba. Do you know what David did after hearing Mephibosheth's lie about what Ziba did? He said Ziba took the stuff up there to you and left me here all along because after all, I'm a cripple. You know what David did? He gave him half the land back. 
didn't give Ziba's portion, gave half of his land back. He showed him grace. He was gracious to Mephibosheth who didn't show up for him. You see, that's the story for us. Now, time is going to reveal whether or not your friends are Mephibosheth or Zebas. Events are going to reveal whether or not your people are Mephibosheth or Zeba. As a believer, as a Christian, David shows us that we still offer grace to Mephibosheth. Now, that's wild story there. Where are you, Mephibosheth? I'm being run out of town. And you're back down there waiting for something better. Now, don't let the worst of us keep you from the best of us. We must see, look for, and rely on the Zebas, and we must love and teach and guide the Mephibosheths among us. There are many bad things about religion. There are many bad things about church. There are many bad things about this church. Now, I would love to tell you, if you're looking for a church or that TV, all them people are watching all three of them. I, I would love to tell them that the best church in the county is right here. I would love to be able to stand, stand there and say, let me tell you something, we've got it all together. We do it right. We don't have hypocrites. We don't have any fake here. Fake is down the street. Fake is across the county. Fake is in Dallas. Fake is in North Dallas. Fake is here. We're not fake. I'd love to be able to say, we're not fake. So you need to come here. This is where you need to come. But you see, the problem with that is, I'm the pastor. And you're our flock. And we aren't perfect. And the truth is, as I drink my coffee in church, we will never be perfect. So I was jogging. I got a couple more minutes to show you how um, imperfect we are. I was jogging the other day couple weeks ago hot I, I'm trying to get where I can jog in the heat because of how my schedule goes here in Texas if I don't learn to jog in the heat I ain't gonna jog much so I'm learning to jog in the heat and, and this guy stops in his red Chevrolet pickup truck a little older truck I still see the truck in my eye I still see the guy I haven't seen him since but if I see him again we may have another conversation. I'm imperfect. And I'm jogging along and he said, Hey, 
If that's as fast as you can run, you're going to be fat your whole life. Yeah. I said, how much do you weigh? He said, oh, I go about 190. I said, how fast do you run? He said, oh, I don't run. My knees are too bad. And I stood there for a moment. I thought, I win. <laughs> he went, yeah, I guess you do. He went driving up. And when he got about 20 yards away, I got irate and I turned around and I said, Come back here! I got a square and off place! <laughs> I did that. I did. I'm glad he didn't come back because I didn't see how big he was. <laughs> but I was irate. I said, what the, the nerve of that guy! He didn't know that I just got through running for 50 minutes. He didn't know that I was wore out. He didn't know that my feet were hurting. He didn't know that I was just absolutely out of gas. And he didn't know that if he had the guts to come back and come to my square and all place, I would have said, I got to sit here a while and wait. <laughs> I, I got to just sit here. I, I just got to sit here and catch my breath. Because I, I can't whip you right now. But by gosh, here in about an hour, I'm going to tear you a new one. I did that. The pastor of this church did that. The pastor of this church is liable to do something like that again. He's liable to. He just does things that are just ridiculous. He says things that are ridiculous. It just comes out. He'll be somewhere and it'll just come out. You're ignorant. It just comes out. You know? That looks too much like people to let out of that truck. It just comes out. I can't control it sometimes. I want to. In the morning, I say, Lord, please help me be more like Jesus today and begin with my mouth and what I think. But I'm imperfect. Years ago, we were having church in the gym, and this lady walked up to me and she said, I'm not coming back to church here anymore. And I said, why not? He says, your wife walked past me and didn't look at me or say hello to me. And I looked at her and I went, have you met my wife? Couldn't it have been somebody else? Do you know what she looks like? Have you ever talked to the woman? She says, well, I just really believe that a pastor's wife should always say hello to you. There are times this pastor's wife doesn't say hello to the pastor. <laughs> we have passed by in a small house many times, and she has not even acknowledged my presence. 
We're imperfect. Lord, help us. Lord, help us when we are so much like Mephibosheth that our needs have got to be met. Let it sink in. Let it soak in. Think about it. What is the Lord saying to you? What in you is disloyal? What do you got to work on to not be like Mephibosheth? May your spirit speak to our heart, Lord. And Lord, may we be a better representation of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Esther.